You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 415. No, is that right? Yeah, 415. Is it 415? I thought it was 414. No, 414. <laughs> I'm, I'm a week ahead. Uh, we're not going to do that again. We're just going to leave that in there because that's how we roll. That's how we roll. <laughs> Warts it's and all. Tech Fan Podcast 400, whatever it is. Who cares? Mm-hmm. The only people who care about the numbers is us. And we don't care that much, obviously. Not really. No. (laughs) Can't be bothered to look. So it's an interesting week in tech, David, in that Microsoft had a pretty big event. Yeah. And I have to be honest, they showed showed the new Surface Pros, which is fine. Um, Interesting products. I've never had anything against the Surface Pro. I've also don't really have a need for it, but if I did need a... A PC laptop? I think that would probably be at the top of my list, to be honest. I, they are pretty popular, and um, I've had I've had a few of them. Yeah. They're pretty nice, actually. I've, ultimately, I came to the conclusion, after using them for some time, I came to the conclusion I actually prefer to have a laptop. I prefer to have the fixed keyboard rather than the thing that clicks on and off. Um, but I have to say, I think they... You know, I, one of the things I, I really got from this event is you have to really give Microsoft some credit. They are one of the few companies in the PC industry who's been consistently investing to try and iterate and innovate and do different things. Um, and let's face it, before Surface came along, kind of using a tablet as a PC wasn't a thing. And now it is, and it's, they're very popular. I don't think they are anywhere near Dell, HP, Apple-type popular in terms of sales, but they are very popular, and they sell very well in the corporate niche. I have a question, though. Shoot. And I posted this on Twitter. Didn't get much of a response, though. Mm-hmm. With the recent Microsoft event, um, and seemingly, it seems like they're all going in with Android here. Uh, should Microsoft leave Windows behind or, fo- or focus more on Windows? And uh, right now, focus more on Windows is winning. But I- I'm kind of wondering, though, honestly, they had two products, new products, I should say, that got my attention, one for the positive, one for the negative. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if Microsoft is becoming more of a hardware company. Now, Microsoft has always had hardware, mm-hmm. you know, going yeah. back, a long, long time. They didn't start as a hardware company focused like Apple did. They started as software. Yeah. There's something scratchy that you have to stop doing that. That? Yeah, that's really, yeah, really annoying. I, I know. I don't know why I'm doing it, so I will have to stop doing that. Yeah. I won't do that anymore. And so one of the product, products, let's start with the... The, the horrible thing. Well, well hang on a minute. Let, let me just give a, some yeah. context to what you just said, because I agree yeah. with you. So here's, here's my understanding of the situation of Microsoft at the moment. Yeah, They were, five, six years ago, before the current CEO took, took charge, they were a company that was kind of coasting. Floundering yeah. a little bit, yeah, if you will. Exactly. Didn't really. It, they didn't really need to have a strategy. They were changing strategy all the time. One minute it was Windows everywhere, then it was connected services, all this sort of thing. Nobody really kind of knew what Microsoft was about or where they were going. Um, then Satya Nadella came along, the new CEO, um, and he's completely changed and transformed the fortunes of Microsoft. And he has done that by effectively committing them wholeheartedly to the cloud. 
Yep. It's massively grown um, Microsoft Azure, which is their cloud platform. And that cloud platform, that everyone just thinks, oh, that's just hosting servers in the clouds. It's so much more than that. It's amazing the hundreds of different things that you can do in Microsoft Azure now. Now, that is the future of the company. That is, And I think that's a pretty good reading of where the whole computer industry is going, is that over time... Um, we will, we, you will see that that kind of the desktop, the client, the thing in your hand, uh, what runs on there is going to become less and less important, and it's going to be much more important about what you're connecting to at the back end. Um, even even much further than where we are today, we're already very far down that route. But I think you know, in 20 years' time, you and I will probably not recognise the computing environment will exist then compared to what we have today. I'd so, agree. Yeah, and that's that's where Microsoft as a corporation is going. But the thing is, on the on kind of on the edges, they have these funny little areas. And, and the reason I call them funny little areas is because it's one of these situations where Microsoft is so big that, you know, the Xbox business, the Surface business and everything are kind of little bumps on the corporate spreadsheet, even though by yours and my consideration, they will be massive enterprises and companies. Because yeah. that is the focus publicly, because people don't see the back end and what they're doing yeah. in the cloud. And, and not only that. That's yeah. invisible. But yeah, but basically all that back end cloud stuff, that's where the big money comes from. And also that's where they're investing for the future. Now, like a Cisco. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, now the guy who runs Microsoft Hardware Surface, uh, the Surface team particularly, is the guy who did this event uh, the other day, Panos Panay. Now, some of these new products, particularly these ones that have kind of been announced but won't come till next year, which, I, it, as a strategy, I think is kind of stupid because these products that don't exist have overshadowed the, annou- the announcements for the things you're going to be able to buy in the next couple of months. So I think that was a weak decision, but I understand why he did it because these are his pet projects. He's been trying to get these things done for years. And yeah. I think he's been fighting inside Microsoft for years and he's finally won the battle. And I think he wants to get the things announced before somebody comes along and says, no, you're not doing that. So, so the that's first why, thing yeah, is that's why we have these kind of old products that, you know, you, you and I are going to argue about whether they mean anything to anybody. But there we go. The new one is the new Surface earbuds. Now, Apple kind of got flack when they first released their earbuds with the little white thing sticking down. And um, but you can't say that they haven't become iconic because they I, pretty I, much have. Those are a, a sleeper hit. You basically oh. you see them everywhere now. And, and it's become like the old... You remember when the first Bluetooth headsets came out and there was a certain class of people who just never took them off? Yep. You know, you'd see them kind of queuing up to uh, to go into the restroom with a thing, and you'd, you'd think, why do you need to have that in on the side? But AirPods have become like that for some people. They always have one or two in. There was actually a story on the 25th that an Amazon executive of, on a video was promoting the company's new uh, Echo Buds, but he was wearing <laughs> AirPods. He was wearing AirPods to do the interview. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, um, yeah, hmm. yeah, that, that's so, probably not a great idea. But um, no, so here's Microsoft, their new Surface earbuds, yeah. and I think honestly that John Gruber's take yeah. was the best. It <laughs> looks like the charging port for or a charging pad for the Apple Watch stuck in your ear. Yeah, they are about it's, that size. They they look terrible. They are. They they they. It, and the thing is that the picture that was going around was of, um, of a, an, an app, a Microsoft executive wearing them, a lady. And it looked like she had kind of big, chunky white ear, earrings, and somebody had taken them out of her earlobes and stuck them into her ear canal. It was awful. Now, I'm not saying anything about the audio quality. I have no idea. 
Um, I would hope they're pretty good if they're that. They look huge. Yeah. They don't look like they would stay in your ear at all. Yeah, they, I, this is the problem. If they're that big, to stay in your ear, they can have to be light. And if they're light, that probably means the audio quality is not very good because having a big light casing around an audio driver is probably going to make them buzzy. Uh, and if they're heavy, then they're going to fall out your ears. Um, at least they'll be easy to find in your AirPods because those are things are big. The, the other thing is... You say, oh, I hope the audio quality is good. I hope so, I hope so too, considering $250. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't see, I'll be honest, even diehard Microsoft fans, I can't see anybody wanting these. They they look like a giant white, like you said, uh, jewelry. Yeah. It, it doesn't look, they look terrible. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, let, let, don't get me wrong. I think the AirPod aesthetic has its own kind of, negative connotations um i'm not sure that they are perfect either but that is very much a case with airpods of form over function Um, but this is a giant button stuck in your ear yeah Uh, i I don't get it i don't get it and also as well the way they described them they said that these have office integrated into them i i'm just what the hell is that (laughs) i just read that and i think yeah, somebody was short on things to say, and then they came up with a with a you know a, a bullet point in PowerPoint saying, "Oh yeah, you control Office with them." It's just I don't know. Look, maybe these things have kind of wicked mad gesture controls, and you can swipe your finger over them when you're in your ear to make them do things. And maybe that's why they're so big. That's right. That's okay. why that is it. If yeah, because you can pause and skip yeah. to the next song, and you can do all that stuff. It, so it but, may be ugh. that that is so good that it's going to justify the way they look. But they didn't bring that out in the presentation. And um, yeah, it. Uh, it's to me these are a real hard sell they are by far the most expensive of this type of thing on the market yeah they're more expensive than Bose's equivalent they're more, certainly more expensive than any of the kind of the intelligent ones from tech companies like Apple <coughs> or Samsung or even Amazon who let's face it their ones came in at $110 $120 yeah yep. and those are going to do much the same sort of things and I've talked on this show before about how you can buy the very very cheap $20 $30 ones and you know what they're pretty good for thirty dollars, so um, this is a really. And, I, and I've got a sell. pair of like that too. Yeah, it, I use them mostly when I'm mowing the lawn. Yeah, because then you don't care if they get chewed up by the lawnmower. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> in fact, funnily enough, I I came into my office this morning, and I I saw a little fleck of black plastic on the floor, and I thought to myself, oh, what the, what is that? Yeah, I couldn't have dropped it. I only just come in. I looked down, and it was a micro SD card that had dropped on the floor and you know how tiny those are they're like a oh, yeah. thumbnail yeah it dropped on the floor probably a couple of days ago and then the office the wheel of the office chair has rolled over it so it's basically broken it into little tiny plastic fragments i was sad it's sad that, i can't recover data off that one i, I don't know if i continue the show now <laughs> I'm, I'm too depressed about that <laughs> so yeah so uh, the other product that microsoft came up with We'll get to in a second. You're yeah. doing that thing again, by the way. Um, you said you went and looked at the new Galaxy Fold. I was, yeah, I was in London on Tuesday. I had a bit of time in the afternoon before I headed back for my train. So uh, I actually went down to Oxford Street because I wanted to go into the new Microsoft store, which has opened up literally four, four doors away from the Apple store. Um, but it's, it, this is the, well, it's the first Microsoft store in Britain, and it's a flagship one. 
Um, and it, it's like, you know, typical Apple Store. It's like a, a, a typical Microsoft Store. It's like a clone the Apple Store. I went yep. in, I had a look around. They, they had some cool stuff. They were, they were demoing the HoloLens, uh, and the lady said, did, you want, did I want to try the HoloLens? And I kind of did, but the guy who'd been on it before looked really big and sweaty, and I didn't want to put it on after he had. No. Um, so I said no. Um, they had uh, a racing car in the corner that was hooked up to Xbox One controllers, and they were running like a racing game on projection. That was kind of cool. Um, but really, you know, there was nothing particularly else in there of interest. So I, I, I remember going into a Microsoft with you yeah. at a Macworld Expo, and it was completely dead. Yeah. Remember we went in there, and That's it right. was... No, was yeah. it... Was it... No, what... It was, no, was it was. It was. It was. We were in San Francisco for MacWorld Expo. Yeah. Uh, and oh no, was it the one in? Um, no, it was a Mac stock. Remember? In a Mac stock. It was at the Westfield Mall in. That's right. Uh, in uh, Schaumburg, yep. wasn't it? Because yeah. I knew it wasn't that long ago. So it <coughs> was only right, like yeah. three years ago. And, so and we I were at Mac stock, and we went yeah. in there. And I went in that same store um, when I was uh, over for Mac stock this year. I went with Alexander, and it was just the same. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody. There's like four people in yeah. the whole store. And then the twelve people who work there, and That's it right, looks like yeah. a hostage situation because they're so they're just glaring at the door, like, "Oh, I could just leave it." Anytime. And in the meantime, the, the Apple Store around the corner is absolutely full of people. But that's yeah. that's the way. You know what? All power to them. They are trying. They are promoting their brand. It's all part of their surface approach. Um, and as I say, I want to give them props in that at least they are trying to do something different. They're putting money into it. And I don't want it to go away, even though it's no. not successful as perhaps they might like. Um, but anyway, so I finished in the Microsoft Store, and um, I wasn't going to go in the Apple Store that day because I didn't need anything, and it was really busy. So I headed up the street looking for somewhere to eat, and I spotted a Samsung store. Now, these are the sort of things you generally only tend to get in the big cities. You don't yep. often find them, in, in, certainly in Britain anyway, outside of the big cities. So, and this was a big store. Um, it was, it, the ground floor was bigger than the Microsoft store that I'd just been in, and it was a Samsung store. So I, I wandered in there to have a look around. I wasn't expecting really anything of much. I actually was kind of thinking about looking at their latest Windows tablets, but they didn't have any. It was all Android tablets. But over in the corner, they had a... Uh, a Galaxy Fold on a pedestal attended by a, its own personal assistant. So I thought, well, I can't miss this opportunity. I'm going to go over and have a look at it. Uh, got to pick it up, play around with it a little bit. Um, I, w- I was instructed by the assistant how to hold it. You, can you read- need someone to tell you how to hold well, it. Well, let, let me not be too critical of that. It wasn't that then necessarily I couldn't have figured it out for myself, but I think because this phone retails for £2,000 <laughs> perhaps a little bit nervous that somebody might run off with it and secondly they might drop it and break it so I think that was more of the reason why I was being told to hold it so it was interesting but the, here's the problem I don't know who this phone is for you mean because of the price tag or because of the features of it well both to be honest I mean the price tag is, is a big turn off now to me if you're going to sell a piece of technology that has a really big price tag then you have to have kind of killer features that make people want to, you know, talk themselves around the price tag. You know, the reason people buy Teslas, yeah, is not because they want to buy a $70,000 electric car. It's because they want a really, really good electric car and the price of a Tesla is $70,000. Do you see what I mean? So this is the same thing. I think a lot of people buy a Tesla because it says Tesla. Well, maybe, but then they spend the $70,000. The point is the price is secondary to their desire for the object. Yeah. Whereas with this... You look at the object, and as cool as it is, and, it, and don't get me wrong, it is cool, 
Yeah, it doesn't scream at you. You must drop two grand on me because of this is so cool. It's very heavy, surprisingly heavy. And, what, and the way it works is that is that when it's folded up, it looks it's about the size and shape of a large candy bar phone. Yeah. Because you know it's half the size of of a of a of a screen. Yeah. So it's kind of thin. It's probably only about. Um, two and a half inches wide when it's folded up and the outside even though that's a small thin narrow display is actually a screen so you get the standard notifications um, ability to swipe up into apps and everything on the outside of the phone that you would get with a regular phone only it's narrow because it's so thin but the thing is it because it's a phone folded over it's really thick and it's really heavy yeah now what you do then is obviously you carefully as i was instructed you open it up and then you have your screen in the middle, and then you have something that's kind of most of the way to a tablet. It's more square than than um, rectangular. Um, and I have to say, while you could feel with your finger, this is, and bear in mind this is the one that's been re-engineered after the original one was was a failure. Right. Yeah, you couldn't see the bump on the on the screen. You could feel it with your finger, but only very slightly, and certainly unless you've got the lights reflecting on it, you couldn't see it because the light from the screen behind was so bright that you couldn't see where the where the bump was. Now, I don't know whether that would get worse over time. Obviously, this is a phone that's uh, on a stand and is in a pristine environment. So um, one thing I'd be interested in, I did try and have a look at it. It, wasn't, it was really hard to tell, is how well it seals when you close it, because obviously the one thing that happens where if you have close something in and stick it in your pocket is you will get dust and lint and crumbs or other bits and pieces kind of getting into the gap. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and and then you'll open it up and you'll find crap all over it. And whether that's going to affect the screen or not, I don't know. Um, the problem is, is that as cool as it all was, and the tech is cool, the fact that you see something that's obviously a phone display and it folds like that is it's quite impressive. Um, it didn't, you'd, apart from the, the, the bump in the display, it didn't seem to be compromised in any way for the fact that you were a, able to fold it. It didn't look visually any different when, you, when it's folded out as a glass screen wouldn't. But you have to. You then ask yourself, okay, but why do I need this? Yeah, it's pointless. What, what does this give? You? The problem is the screen is not so large that you immediately you go, oh, that makes my eight plus screen look tiny. It's not that big. <coughs> it's a different shape. And it's and it's just a and it's a big rectangular. It's a, it's a big phone now. It's a big square. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I then I think you wouldn't. You certainly wouldn't, when it was unfolded, want to put it to your ear to talk through it because you would drop it because it's too big. It, it's basically, when it's folded out, it's pretty much... I'm, I don't know whether my hands are particularly small or large. I think they're probably relatively average. But um, if I stretch out my thumb and my middle finger, that's about the width of what this phone is when it's folded out. And so the so problem it's, is... You, so it's I, not small enough to use as a phone, but no, it's... No, it's not... Because it's not it, big enough to be a tablet. Yeah, when it's folded out, it's too big for you to be able to grip it securely on either side and put it to your head. So you'd have to then close it to, to answer a call. Um, now, how, how do you hold it if you're using it in tablet form, then? You have to, I, you, I think their idea is you hold it with two hands. Well, that doesn't make any sense. How can I use that if I'm going to game on it or something? Well, you'd have to hold it by the edges and then kind of use your thumbs on the screen. Uh, but so your initial impressions are it's impressive demo tech that... It has no real real world yeah, purpose. It's, it's, it's a what is this for thing? It's like who who is this for? Who's going to buy this? 
Right, because if you want a tablet, then you get a, a Kindle Fire or an iPad. Oh, yeah. And, and, he's, and if you want a big phone, then you get you know the big Samsung Galaxy or you get the... Uh, the iPhone, the big one. I exactly. Mean. And, and the, I think the thing is, is that the, I'm sure their argument would be, and we'll come on to this argument in a minute with the Microsoft devices, <clears throat> well, it's more productive. But most, but it's pe- not. most people I find, yeah, most people will carry a phone, and certainly in, in my business world, my business contacts, yeah, they will carry a phone and then something else. They will have a yes. phone and a laptop. If They might have a phone and an iPad. Yeah, I was in a meeting earlier this week where, where people had phones and then they had iPads. Of Some people had the regular size ones. Some people had the 12.9s. There was one guy who had the Mini. Yeah, um, So you're already carrying two devices. The problem is is that I don't see the folding phone as being good enough, big enough, suitable enough to say, right, well, now I can just have one device. Yeah. Um, so then... Yeah. So then we get to the the new product from Microsoft that's going to come out next year, and I have to be honest, I'm really impressed with it. The yeah. ne- the Surface Neo, it is, it's foldable, but it's not one giant screen. It's actually two screens, and I personally think that's the way to go, because they do act like two separate screens because they are. Whereas the foldable OLED phone is just one giant subpar screen, where this is two really good separate screens. And if you want to talk about productivity, that's the way you want to go. You want two separate things in front of you. I want to see this email and I want to see this spreadsheet because I'm taking stuff from my email and I'm putting over here in the spreadsheet. That's the kind of thing you want. Um, I, I was less impressed because it is running Android, which... I, you know, it, it, it's. I don't uh, understand no, no. Microsoft. Hang on, I'll hold the phone. Was it Microsoft? Phone. Um, it's not running Android. There are two what? folding devices that they announced. There is a smaller one that is like a phone, and that's running oh, Android. Oh, okay. But the uh, oh, I see now. Yeah, that's, and the I Duo. think that's called the Duo, and then there's the Neo, and that is a bigger device with so again, the, the folding screen that's running a, a new version of Windows. Okay, so the Neo, you're right. I got those two confused. Uh, to be fair, I got home late last night. So yeah. um, so the Neo, I was very impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um, the phone part, the phone one, less so. Yeah. Because it's it's too big. You look stupid holding it up to your, your head. But I get it. But I think that, to me, the Neo Surface, or the Surface Neo... Boy, that was an impressive demo that you yeah. you have this. You could put it in like kind of a laptop mode, and you lay this keyboard on top of it. But it only goes up to like what three quarters, yeah, and or even yeah, about three quarters of it. And then the top part of that becomes kind of like the MacBook that has a little OLED strip on it, yeah, but more useful. Well, the, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, this is basically it's about an inch and a half wide, um, and not only is it um, touch sensitive, but you could use a stylus on there as well, so you yeah. could write notes on there. Um, the keyboard accessory is pretty cool because it looks like kind of one of those little fold-away keyboards that you might carry for your phone or your iPad Mini. But yeah, but it attaches straight straight to the screen, uh, and it's running this. Um, they're calling it Windows 10X, a terrible name because it's Windows yeah. 1010. Uh, but Windows 10X, and this is basically is um, as I understand it, they've modularized all of Windows 10 and what they've been able to do with this is they've taken the 
current Windows 10 user interface away and replace it with a new one that's that's suitable for these dual screen devices. And Microsoft is intending other manufacturers to make these as well. They they kind of want it. This is effectively their this is their second go at trying to supplant the iPad. Yeah, because the the Surface devices, the Surface Pro that we've talked about earlier in the pot show, despite the fact that they are tablet computers with a with a keyboard cover on, everyone uses them like a laptop. Nobody uses Windows Touch because on Windows 10, Touch is is actually pretty bad. bad. It's nowhere yeah. nowhere near the iPad experience. Correct. This is Microsoft's attempt again to try and kind of get into that space, and they're doing it with a combination of hardware and software. And I think that is quite interesting. The jury's going to be out on this, on whether it's successful or not, and there's an awful lot we don't know. We don't know how capable Windows 10 X is. We don't know what apps it can run. Previously, Microsoft has been very bullish about saying that these new devices can only run apps from their store. Um, If that's the case, that's going to be a bit of a downer, because a lot of people run Windows because they want to run apps they've used for years and years. They don't want to have some new cut-down version. Um, So it's going to be interesting, and obviously new apps are going to need to have to really make best use of this thing, take advantage of that two-screen display. We all want to see soft keyboards perhaps writing areas. You know, I'd like to see one with kind of, um, say, Microsoft Word, as well as using this hardware keyboard. I'd like to see a version of Word where you maybe had a soft keyboard on one side uh, and then a, a note-taking section on the other, where you actually wrote directly on, direct, like a notepad, um, and then you could type and you can annotate, stick in URLs and that sort of thing, then use the other screen as a display. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I like the idea of both of these products that it is two screens instead of trying to solve this we have the seam right down the middle and we have to have the display seamless i don't think in the real world most people are going to care that it's a seamless one giant screen in fact i think that being two screens like this you can get much better technology in there yeah i think that the screen itself is going to be way more vibrant and I think that's the way to go because then you yeah. can have two distinct environments running on that screen, uh, screens, if you yeah. will. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I, I think I, I don't know whether I talked about it in the show at the time, but I remember thinking when those folding phones first came out in January, February, I remember thinking, you know what, it'd be much sensible to have like a, a you know, a glass screen and a, and a really good well-engineered hinge between them so they could hinge back and forth rather than trying to do yeah. flexible LED. That's what exactly what Microsoft has done here. The jury's out on this in terms of the thing's not out till the end of next year. We don't know much about the, the version of Windows or the apps are on it. We certainly don't know what this is going to cost. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff they announced this week is, we, we said the buds are expensive. They also announced a new um, ARM version of the Surface that has killer battery life. And supposedly it has faster ARM chips in there, so you get better Windows 10-style um performance through emulation than you have with the older devices they've done doing using that but you know it starts at a thousand dollars and that's before you even bought keyboard and mouse for it if this comes out and it's you know a fifteen hundred dollar device i think it's despite the innovation it's probably dead in the water um where do you see this for the sweet spot a thousand bucks uh yeah maybe a little bit less even i know it's hard because it's a two-screen device but i think you know you if you if you're gonna take on the ipad you've got to compete with the ipad um, or at least the iPad Pro. So you've got to be, you know, beat for beat with those on prices. And you can pick up a ten and a half inch, uh, sorry, eleven inch iPad Pro for what seven hundred something like that now. 
So I think yeah. it needs to be starting round about there. They also need to be... They're, they're terrible at this. As I said, the, that new Surface Pro X, which is going to have the ARM chip in, doesn't ship with the keyboard cover and, and pen, which is... You kind of need... You certainly need the keyboard cover on one of these things. If this thing ships without the stylus, and the stylus is another $150, that's going to suck. Because, you know, you're going to want... With a, a folding notebook notebook type device you're going to want the stylus you know and guess what apple stylus is you know is 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 an expensive add-on but it's still not that expensive compared to what microsoft charges for these things i think their new stylus 155 dollars whereas the apple pencil which is much better technology to be frank is 17 is 79 you know so i think i think they need to do something on pricing and i do hope that this comes out um, you know, at a reasonable price, I could see myself with one of these. This is this would be a great secondary computer to slip in your bag for when you want to take notes, perhaps answer email in meetings, that sort of thing, without taking a full laptop with you. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. I think just a little demo video that they posted online makes it look very impressive. Yeah. I mean, it really does. It, it looks intuitive, and that's not something I usually say about Microsoft's products. Um, definitely not, you know, uh, Windows per se compared to a Mac. Their take on Windows Mobile for a while there was just atrocious. It was just really bad. But this, I don't know. It, it just it, it's doing something to me that I'm like, you know what? That's that's not bad at all. Now I've previously had um, a Lenovo Yoga Book that kind of worked very very similarly to this. It was set out. I the remember same that. Way, yeah, um, and the bottom was. It was a touch screen. It was. It was. Um, it, sorry, it wasn't a touch screen. It was a touch keyboard, uh, and it had a um, like a Wacom style uh, pen sensor in it, so you could write on it. So what you could do is you could touch type on it, and then if you wanted to, you could stick a piece of paper over it, and the keyboard went away, and then you could write notes on it. So uh, I'm in with the form factor because the great thing about the, the Yoga Book was really underpowered and it was quite expensive, but you know what? It had really great display a really nice hinge that allows you back back and forth it was kind of like a watch hinge it was really well engineered yeah and because you don't have a physical keyboard you end up with something that's very thin and light on both the screen side and then the keyboard side so i kind of i'm in with the form factor on this um so i i'm intrigued to see how it comes out and this potentially might be a buy for me next year depending on the cost now i'm watching the introduction on the phone part and the the duo yeah and it it does kind of look impressive to be honest i i think that the we'll see how android runs on two separate screens like that i don't know if anyone's ever really done that with android um it's flexible enough where i think they could do it but i'm kind of curious that what you know what it looks like it looks like a nintendo ds the big one that's what it kind of reminds me of and the more I look at it, I thought that could be great for reading. It could be great for gaming. It's very small, but is it too late to the market? It's not going to pick up the gaming market at all, unless this is also going to be able to run, you know, Xbox games or something. I don't think it's going to compete as a phone because I think it's going to be too expensive. I think that's going to be a seventeen ninety nine type of phone. It's going to be way expensive, and if it's that big. I can't see people... I, I can't put that in my pocket. It's too big. Yeah, and, and here's the problem. 
Microsoft obviously often aims at the corporate, and the corporates aren't going to buy this. It's going to be too. No. It's going to be too expensive. It's running Android, which is a security risk. Yeah, and a lot of corporates won't go near Android for that reason. Uh, they prefer to use iPhones or something else. Um, and uh, yeah, the the kind of apps you can get on Android to inter- integrate with with Microsoft services, you know, they're pretty good, but they're nowhere near as functional as a PC. So you end up in this kind of weird space again, a bit like. Um, we were talking about the Samsung phone, which is well, what does this? What is this for? Because if I don't can't use this as my only device, if I still need to bring a laptop or something else with me, then why should I have something so big and expensive as this when I could just have a regular phone? I am curious on because they didn't really get into details, but they do have a partnership with Google now with Android. I'm, I'm kind of curious: is Microsoft going to bring anything to that table? Are they going to start developing for Android? And I don't mean just software, but the back end, as well as you know, bringing anything to the table itself. It'll be interesting to see. A lot of their back end <clears throat> services are well supported on Android, and certainly some of the things they're doing in the cloud, like cloud gaming, um, they, they bring, they're doing cloud desktops as well. Could make a device like this make much more sense? You know, if it's sold with like a, a you know a cloud a cloud desktop that you get for a year that's running Windows 10 and you can access that remotely from one of these devices, that'd be an interesting proposition for a lot of people, I'd imagine. Um, the I think the, the the bigger problem, maybe even than that, that Microsoft is facing is that they have re- they have announced this early, and they won't ship it till next year, which gives the Samsungs of this world plenty of time to go and copy it. Uh, and the problem is a Samsung copy of this. How would you really differentiate that from the Microsoft version? Exactly. You know, and and I guarantee you that within a day of these of this announcement being made, Samsung has put engineers looking into well, why are we not doing you know a folding two screen phone? I, oh yeah, they're it, already on you it. You know what? Because this, you look at that and you say, mm, I could see uh, the Samsung Galaxy Note series going that direction. Because, you know, well, they, it makes sense for the Note series. Yeah, it it does. But the thing is, you could, you look at what they've done with the Note, and it's like kind of almost as big as it can get now. The sensible yep. thing for them would be to say, "Oh, let's go with two two screens and fold it up." And I, it wouldn't surprise me if Samsung comes out with something that looks very similar to this, and they'll rush it to market before Microsoft hits. Um, no, that wouldn't surprise me a bit. That Samsung always tries to steal everyone's thunder exactly, because yeah. they can't come up with an original idea of their own. Yeah. They're just a bunch of thieves. Oh, or when they do, they botch it like they did with the uh, exactly with the with the, uh, the folding phone. Right. Yeah. Well, that wasn't an original idea. I mean, the concepts have been out there for a while, yeah. um, but they just basically yeah. tried to make some of the cool YouTube videos they see, and it's it's a dismal failure see, because yeah. a graphic designer making a faux video is one thing; actually engineering it to do what the fake video showed, quite another. Yeah, it, it's taking it in reverse order. You're I, supposed to. Create it via engineering first. Stop doing that, by the way. Um, put it away. <laughs> <laughs> put it in your pocket. Um, you know, you're supposed to come up with the, the hardware first. Yeah, I, I can very much imagine the the way this the, the phone the folding phone played out in Samsung was. Um, you know, the uh, management saying to the engineers, "We need to get this launched in January. We want we want." to be able to sell it in February and the engineer's going well we're not ready it's not finished yet and they're going well we need to launch it in January and sell it in February so do what you need to do to make that happen 
And I, they, I think they went farther back and said, look at this video on YouTube. Yeah, Isn't that cool? But that's Make where they that. came from. I'm talking about the actual production yeah. line of this. And so, oh, yeah. and so they did that, and then they issued the phone, and it was faulty. It wasn't finished. And then the, yep. then the management went back to the engineers and said, this is an embarrassment. How can you do this to us? This thing isn't finished. How can you allow us to release a product like this? Why haven't you put the work in to get it finished? The engineers have probably shrugged their shoulders and gone, well, we did what you told us to do. And the management gone, right, well, now go away and finish it and make sure that none of these problems exist. And here we are. And it's still a flawed concept because it's still, I mean, you go to look at one in the store and they've got a handler for it to tell you how to hold the phone. That's red flags right off the bat. Exactly. Um, Let's, let's, gives us some feedback here you we got an email from john nemo we did kind of glossed over this but uh he writes please explain what you mean by your daughter can watch ipad videos using a remote hard drive as the source i really do not know how this is done thanks and then he has is this it he didn't know about this previously link link to an imore article so this is a feature of ios 13 um it came from people complaining about the iPad Pro, to be honest. The iPad Pro came out last year, and it was the revised flat-sided model, and it had a USB-C port instead of a lightning port. And, of course, people then started plugging USB-C peripherals in, which is exactly what Apple had told them to do. They said the reason we switched from lightning to USB-C on the Pro is so you can use it with your peripherals. first peripheral everyone plugged in was a thumb drive, and it didn't work. <laughs> so right. and people went, what the hell? Uh, and we criticised them for it, and we said, how can you have a pro device that can't uh, exchange data through external devices, external drives? iPadOS 13 fixes that. It supports not only um, external media, whether it be a hard drive or a thumb drive or whatever. Um, it also supports uh, things like SMB shares, so you can connect over a network and move stuff. Basically, everything you can do with a computer you can now do on the iPad. You can download a file on the web browser and then see it on your on your iPad, and then you can open it on your iPad, and it will and stick it in whatever app you want. It's it's wonderful. And one of the things you can do as a result of that is you can plug in a USB-C drive or a um, on an iPad Pro or a, a regular USB drive using the uh, Apple Camera Connector Kit or any of the hundreds of third-party knockoffs of that device into your Lightning port, and uh, it appears in the Files app, and you can then just do what you want with the files on there. Um, my video player app that I use is one called Infuse uh, on, the, uh, on the iPad and the, and, the, um, and the iPhone, and when I plug a drive in, I can basically play media directly off that drive in that video player. Uh, and I'm pretty sure most of the yeah. others go in the same way, because they're, yeah, the, they they're using the API hooks. I actually purchased... Um, for uh, my media, media stuff, I'm always moving stuff between mine and the kids' iPads and computers and stuff. A little sand disk. It's called the sand disk. I, I expand. I think it's called. I expand. Uh, and basically, this is this has a lightning connector on one end and a USB A connector on the other, and it's flash drive. I've got. I picked up a couple of them. They were in the refurb store. So they're 132, 164, and they're brilliant because then that means if you want to get something off a computer to your iPhone or your um, iPad. It doesn't have to be media. It will be photos. It can be anything, basically. You just plug the USB end into your computer, drag it over, and then stick it straight to your iPad and drag it off or use it, whatever you want. It's absolutely brilliant. So, um, And the benefit, of course, is that you're not streaming anything. So if you're on, let's say, an iPad device that isn't, you know, you don't have Wi-Fi, or even if you do have Wi-Fi, it's, it tends to be pretty slow. Yeah. 
Uh, but more importantly, it's not you're not in your local environment. And you don't have cell coverage. Um, you're going on a train ride. Just take your little, you know, yep. uh, flash drive, plug it in, and there it yeah, is. Yeah, and the advantage, yeah, advantage is you don't need to actually connect connect it to your iPad ahead of time and put stuff on the iPad. You right. can just basically plug it in and read the data straight off the drive. So if you've got a, a an iPad that's either full or is very low on memory, you can reserve the storage on there for your apps and not worry about your media because now your media can sit somewhere else. Um, which means that uh, you're not, you, there's going to be less of the memory management fighting and, and apps being offloaded and that sort of thing than uh, than there has been before. Now, one caveat to that. If you are a, a BBC iPlayer or a Netflix user or an Amazon Video user, um, those and, and you download those streaming files to locally so you can watch them offline, those will not... You cannot store those externally. At the moment, they have to sit inside the internal memory of the, of the device. Um, That's not that big of a deal, though. It, well, it's not. They, I mean, you know, it, 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 well, it depends where you live and how you get your, your media. If there's, a, if there's a show, say, well, I had this recently. I was watching The Boys. Uh, we talked about that. Watch, got to the end of it, by the way. What a great show. Um, but The Boys is on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I, now, it was super simple for me to go to my iPad and download that locally on Amazon Prime. So it was on the iPad. But... <laughs> If I, my app had been full and I want to watch that, then I basically would have been out of luck without going to an illegal source of the, of the stuff and putting it on an external drive. So that problem still exists, but at least now you can put your own media. You, you know, you can, if you go on vacation, it's now really easy to put your uh, photos onto external media so you don't have to store them on your phone if you're running short space, and then you can deal with them afterwards. Uh, and yeah, Do you not- think this kind of opens up a new type of peripheral in that um i don't know some company could make a device that's half battery half internal storage and that you can just kind of clip it to the back of your iphone or your ipad and it plugs into the port um like a sleeve if you will and hey you've got a bunch of storage on there and it's also a battery if you need to have you know backup that'd be kind of cool that would be kind of because all of this something stuff like works, that would work all well. Of this stuff works on the iPhone just as well as it works on the iPad. So that's that, right. So once you come up with the solution, it's just a matter of scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that be um, that be quite an intriguing device. You know, you can make it you know out of leather, so it's a case. Yeah, it's a battery and it's a uh, hard drive. Uh, yeah, and then you can put yeah a couple of you know gig of, of um, flash storage in there as well. Right. Yeah. Flash storage is cheap. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, 128 gigabyte of external flash for well, you, yeah, not fact, a lot of money. About it, you wouldn't even need to put the flash in. You could just put a micro SD card reader in there and then let people put their own card in. And you can, you know, it's not expensive for a 256K uh, gig card now, which is plenty. But And you can go up to a terabyte if you want to spend the money. Because and it just piggybacks to the the now the external battery into the lightning port yeah. or the USB. The only, I guess the only downside of that is I don't know. The lightning port configures itself based on what it's doing. Oh, no, it must do it because the uh, the camera adapter can charge the device at exactly. the same time as, as accessing the storage. Yeah, so that's already built in. That's fine. Yeah. I, I think this would be a, a really cool product. Yeah. Because almost everybody has some kind of a case. Well, now your case, and even if it's not the battery, you can have one that's a battery and a hard drive, and, or one that's just external storage. Yeah. 
that it has two ports on it. One plugs into the phone, the other would plug into your Mac if yeah. so you can have, you know, the lightning cable uh compatibility. Yeah. But you just uh you put your external media on your Mac or your PC, you copy your files over, you slip your phone into the new case. It's got a little flap on the front, it's a little thicker on the back because it's got internal storage, and there you go. Yeah. I think it would I think that would be great. We should start a little uh we should start Indiegogo. it. Indiegogo, here we come. Indiegogo. <laughs> yeah. Just get a, get a nice designer who can make a kind of a 3D mock-up. Exactly, and then just send it over to China because getting stuff manufactured the, in China, you just have to email them. <laughs> yeah, you just, I know. You to, I, get the, uh, I get the emails from them all. Yeah, you just basically send constantly. an email to manufacturing at com, yeah. and you just upload the file, and you say, please, yep. can you make me 10,000 of these? Please send to this address uh, and invoice me. Job done. Yes, yeah. and, they, and they will. It's, simple, it's all set. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> but on a serious note, though, uh, that's what you would do. Yeah. You you would make a really cool concept video, um, explain how it works, and we just did it in 10 minutes, uh, put it on Indiegogo or Kickstarter, one of those things, and they're going to get the first ones out there. You support you know, the most common newer iPhones and the iPad and w- wait for the money to come rolling in. Yeah. We could be rich. Well, richer. Obviously, we're very rich already from doing the show. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know, the thing about being rich is you always want more money. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. The nice thing about being poor is you you don't care. Yeah. You don't need money. You're fine. Yeah. You don't need more. You don't want more. It's kind of a bothersome thing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a management issue when you're poor. I mean, it's, it's, that's right. It's not, there's no other problems there. You just well, who's getting paid this week? So that is our show this week here at TechFan. Uh, we'd love to get feedback from you. As you heard, John sends an innocuous email saying he didn't know this could be done, and we just invented a new product. Yeah. Uh, send us an email. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. It's techfanpodcast as well as Facebook. Nobody ever reaches out on Facebook, to be honest, uh, even though I do post each show up there. Um, we love to hear from you. It really helps contribute to the show. What do you think about the, uh, dual screen as opposed to folding screen? Or do you think single screen devices are still the wave of the future? It's still going to be the iPhone, the iPad as they are now. Or do you think Apple is actually looking to this? Do you would, think that Apple... It wouldn't surprise me if Apple already has in their R&D departments an iPad that looks like this new Surface Neo. Uh, with a, with two screens on it, it really I'd be makes, shocked yeah. if they hadn't already done that. Yeah. But is there a market for it? I don't know. We're going to find out probably within the next eighteen months here in this tech world that we live in. That is there a market for this? Is this something that people actually want? And is this something that Apple will get into? What about Samsung? Like David said, do you guys think they're going to rush a product to market? I think the answer is yes. To try to beat Microsoft to the punch. And when this thing comes out, what do you think the sweet spot on both of these products are? Yeah. Um, and more importantly, and you have to agree with me, I, I can't imagine anybody disagreeing. It, it, it's a no-brainer. The new C- Surface earbuds are stupid. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. I've just been musing on this. The Surface Neo looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. Yeah? It really does. It does. I mean, it looks like a prop from... Star, well, it looks better than the props in Star Trek: Restoration twenty years ago. Yeah, well, but to to put side by side something that that looks like it's been beamed down from the future next to the Surface Buds, which basically looks like um, 
you know, the designers, the designers from the early seventies kind of have an idea of what a wireless, wireless headphone might look like. Yeah, it looks like they look like a white button on a star destroyer. Yeah, I mean, they do. It looks, it's, there's just no style at all. Uh, I, it's just I, a round I did, white. I find myself thinking button. about the, you know the famous Steve Jobs quote about the, well, the problem with Microsoft is they have no taste. Um, well, this, this just is, screams that. Would would it have been a better product if they would have? Exactly the way, but they've got twenty five different styles: little butterflies, or a boat anchor, or <laughs> the Harley Davidson logo. I mean, I start want, start branding these things. I want wireless earphones that look like boat anchors. I'm sorry, that's what yes, I want. That's what I want. Let's add that to the Kickstarter for the other thing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just a video. We could we could whip that up. I think we're I think we're onto something. I think so. Yeah, a boat anchor <laughs> right. boy. That's a boat. <laughs> Anchors away. Anchors away. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> so yeah, with now, that now you're going to have to mock up um, anchor light earphones. In uh, oh no, there's plenty of surface space on those on those white things. You can just paste it. I, I just I just do a just paste quick it, yeah. Google search for silk, boat anchor. Screen bloke, boat I, anchor I need one that's logo. transparent. Yeah. I can lay it right on there next to our logo. We're all set. Hey, I could, well, I, maybe I already maybe that's what this is about. They made the earphones so big so you can have your company logo printed on them and hand them out at trade shows. You can even have like little, you, you could brand these for companies yeah, like Nabisco. Get, you could get can have like little ones. chocolate chip cookies, tech fan ones. Yeah. Mm. See, uh, see, maybe this is an actual <laughs> brilliant product. Exactly. Maybe we're just missing the point. Or here, uh, Forget, we don't even need Indiegogo for this. Okay. Let's get the measurements for these things, yeah. and we're just going to make stickers. Stickers, yeah. We'll just put stickers on them. Okay. Sounds Little good. stickers for your surface. we got to make them so the capacitive touch we'll, still we'll works. We'll have to do a big production run, because we'll need to make at least 20 stickers. So Well, Julie's got her. So that we, yeah, but, but 20 stickers, because then that will cover the entire... Um, market base of these because that's probably all they're going to sell how many they're going to sell yeah that's true in that case i'll just have julie make these up on her cricket machine yeah. print them out we're good to go okay good problem solved <laughs> we'll be rich anytime now see you next week david see you then bye